Christian time. Take your Bibles, please turn over to the Gospel of Mark, chapter number four. Mark, chapter number four. When you find your place, I'll ask you to stand. Mark, chapter number four. Begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, And he began again to teach by the seaside. There was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And he came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away, and some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10, And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without. All these things are done in parables. There's a phrase in verse number 11 that we see throughout the scriptures. I've been studying this phrase, I've been studying this thought for about three or four weeks I want to preach this morning on this thought, them that are without. Them that are without. Let's pray. Father, take the message this morning. Lord, there's no amount of studying or preparation or meditation on the Scriptures that can be a substitute for the working and the moving and the anointing of the Holy Spirit today. Take the message, I pray. Have your will and way in hearts. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated. I want to begin this morning with a simple, very profound statement that we can back up with a multitude of Bible verses, and that is this. Everybody in the world, everybody in this service this morning falls into one of these two categories, either them that are within or them that are without. There's no third category. Those of us that have been saved by the grace of God, are numbered and counted with those that are in. Amen? If you ever wanted to be a part of the in crowd, this morning I'll tell you how to be a part of the in crowd. Those of us that are in, the Bible has a lot to say about it. We could preach a whole series of messages just on the in crowd. First of all, those of us that are in are called in the faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 5, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. We're talking about the in crowd this morning. Romans 8 1 tells us that we're in Christ. There's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5:17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. You look up in here this morning, I might not look like much with my pretty blue suit and my bright orange tie. 
but I'm in Christ this morning. Amen. I'm in Christ. You are too if you're saved. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10, verse number 28 and 29, we're in his hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I feel a little something on that right there, praise God. I'm glad I'm securing Christ, not because of anything that I've done, but because I'm in his hand. I'm in the hand of the Father. You want to talk about eternal security? You can't get no more secure than being in the hand of God. We're talking about the hand of God that holds the oceans and the waters in his hand, the spans of the sea. He holds them in his hand. I'd like to see you jump out of that. Come on now. In the beloved, Ephesians 1, 6 says, we're in the beloved to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Talking about the in crowd this morning. In Mark chapter number 10, verse number 52, Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I'm glad I'm in the way. Now, I've been around some people that made me feel like I was in the way. I was in their way, but I'm in his way. And you are too if you're saved, amen. You say, what way you're talking about? Not the way that seemeth right unto a man, the end thereof are the ways of death. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And when you're in Christ, you're in the way. Come on now. In heavenly places, Ephesians 2, 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We'll talk about eternal security. You won't talk about positional sanctification. God looks down and sees that we're already in heaven as far as he's concerned. That's how secure our salvation is. We are already seated together in heavenly places. Talk about the in crowd. What about that? Romans eleven seventeen says that we were grafted in. <laughs> Woo! My goodness, there's so much preaching I'm skipping through. I ought to be ashamed of myself. And for Galatians 5, 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In our text this morning, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's explaining this parable. He gave a parable. Of the sower. Boy, I'd love to preach on that, but I, I want to focus on this statement in verse 11. I got a lot of cross references I want to do because in this explanation of the parables, Jesus referred to the world and the unbelievers as them that are without. He said in Mark 4:11, Unto you is given no the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Three things quickly by way of introduction we can learn from this statement in Mark chapter 4 verse number 11. There is a distinction, number one, in their identification. There's a distinction in their identification. There's a difference. Stay with me now. There's a difference between the people of God and the people of the world. Now that's not just the figment of some independent Baptist preacher's imagination. The Bible's very clear. There are two distinct groups. Them that are within and them that are without. When Moses built, uh, not Moses, but when Noah rather built that ark, and the Bible says God said, come in. You won't talk about the in crowd. It's Moses, I mean, I don't know why I keep saying Moses. It was, it was Noah and his wife and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their three wives. 
come into the ark and they were in the ark and God left the door open for a number of days to give people an opportunity to come in. And he'd been preaching for 120 years, I guess, and, and, and they had the opportunity to come in. Then God shut the door and there were two distinct groups of people, them that were within and them that were without. And when the rain began to fall and the fountains of the deep began to be broken up and the earth was flooded, there was a great contrast between those two groups. The ones that were in were saved. Those that were out were the ones that got judged and died and were destroyed. Well, you move over to the New Testament and we find all these verses that talks about them that are without and those that are in. There is a distinction. Are you still with me? What am I saying? I'm saying when you got saved, you can't be who you used to be. You're not going to want to be with who you used to be with and run with who you used to run with and do all the things you used to do. There's a difference now. You change groups. There's a distinction in their identification. He says, unto you, in Mark chapter 4, verse 11, unto you it is given, but unto them that are without. There's two different groups of people. There's a distinction in their identification. Secondly, there is a deliberation in their instruction. There's two different kinds of instruction. There's the instruction for the believer, and then there's the message and the instruction for the unbeliever. That's right. God's got a message for the lost. Get saved. Repent. Turn to God. Believe. Accept Christ. Amen. There's a message for the unsaved. And then there's a message. There's a whole lot of instruction for the believer. For those of us that have been saved. We had the privilege this past week to listen to some tremendous instruction. There's two different kinds of groups. There's two different audiences. There's two different approaches. And Jesus says, I'm giving a message here. I'm giving a lesson here. And it's for you. It's not for them. Thirdly, there's a deliverance in their inclusion. He says in verse number 11, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So the blessing is because we are part of the, of the end crowd, because we are in Christ, We've been saved. We've been delivered from judgment to come. Those that are without are still under judgment, still under condemnation. And this is beginning to break my heart. They just sang the song. Sister Bell and Callie and Marissa just sang that song. Had it not been, where would I be? We would be without. That's where we would be. Some of y'all have been saved so long you forgot what that was, what that felt like. You don't remember what it was like to be on the outside looking in. I wish I could take what I feel in my soul right now. If I could take what I'm feeling right now and put it in a bottle, I'd put Jack Daniels out of business tomorrow. I'm telling you right now, the, 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 the privilege to be included. <laughs> the privilege and the joy of being in Christ. Accepted in the beloved. Whew. Not because I deserve it, because I don't. 
And I guess that's one reason why I'm so tore up this morning. I can't hardly believe it. I can't hardly believe I'm on the inside. My heart is broken, though, for them that are without. And I'm afraid a lot of churches, they come in on Sunday morning and have a big pet rally. Get all fired up and excited about all the blessings and the goodness of God. And all the things that we have. We've got the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Woo! Holy Spirit that when you hear the news and you got the commentators and the experts are all saying one thing, there's a still small voice on the inside that goes, they're lying. They're lying again. And if somebody walk up to you and say, hey, did you hear that? And you go, yeah, I don't believe that. Why do you mean don't believe it? I just don't believe it. Why don't believe it? Well, I got, I've got the giver of truth indwelling on the inside. And he's, he's really good at letting me know when somebody's feeding me a line of baloney and when it's the truth. Come on now. Aren't you thankful for the Bible this morning? You have right now in your hands a copy of God's inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God. It's perfect. It doesn't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It is the very breath. It is the very heart. It is the very mind of Almighty God in print for us to read. And the author of this book lives on the inside of us. So we got a two-way conversation going here. When we read this Bible, boy, it's alive. This Bible right here is more fresh than the Mars newspaper. Think about that a minute. Well, we could just, we could circle the wagons this morning and we could talk about all the wonderful blessings of being part of the in crowd. But I'm thinking this morning about them that are without. Boy, we could look at so many verses. That was all I could do not to turn this into about a 10 message series. We could focus on Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Them that are without have no strength. I mean none. Come on now. We're talking about the kind of strength that you need to make it through the day. And make it through life. You won't know why the suicide rate's so high. You won't know why so many people's on drugs. You won't know why the paramedics in Dundalk run out of Narcan every night. People's without strength. They're trying to find a crutch to lean on. They're trying, find, trying to find something to prop them up. That's why the liquor stores are open seven days a week. Liquor stores open at 7 o'clock on Sunday morning. God help us. Come on, y'all. People down there can't hardly wait to get down there and start their day off and get drunk because they don't have strength. We could preach on that for a month. Them that are without strength. We could preach about 2 Timothy 3.3. 3. The Bible talks about them that are without natural affection. Lord help us. We live in a sick society. Perverted society. Without natural affection. I ain't no other way to describe abortion. There's, there's a love that a mother has for her child that you cannot begin to explain. And I'm a daddy, and I love my youngins, but there's something about a mother's love. When they've had that baby, 
living on the inside of them, and they can feel that kicking and that, and that moving, and know when there's another life on the inside of them, to be able to walk into a clinic and then murder that baby and suck that baby out of their womb. That's unnatural affection, church. They love their career. They love their, they love their independence. They love their freedom. They love their life and their circumstances more than they love that little baby. Well, it's my body. My body. My, my rights. My body. My choice. No, I'm sorry, but that baby's body is not your body. We could preach on that. We could preach on Romans 10, 14. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Them that are without, many of them still don't have a preacher. There's people this morning that they couldn't go to church if they wanted to. Because they don't have one. We got members of Calvary Baptist Church this morning watching on live stream when you ought to be here on a pew. Yes. There ain't a thing in the world stopping you. I'm looking at the camera. Which camera's on? Somebody tell me which camera. That one up yonder, I'm going to eyeball that. Which one camera? <laughs> tell me which camera to look at, Vince. I'm right there. I'm going to eyeball the eyeball. There are billions of people. Zoom in on my face where they can see the tears running down my face. There are billions of people on this planet that don't have a church this morning. They don't have a preacher to go listen to. And you do. And you ain't here. You need to get right with God. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Well, I'm going to watch on live stream. You need a revival. You need to get right. There's people who don't have a preacher. They don't have a preacher. They're going to go to hell because they don't have a church and they don't have a preacher. Them that are without. I can't imagine. I was going to church nine months before I was born. I just can't imagine staying home from church. I'm, I'll be 50 in October. 50. I know I look 25, but I'll be 50. <laughs> Matt, just say amen right there. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I can't imagine. I cannot imagine my church having church. I can't imagine my church having church and me stay home. Unless I just got 104 temperature. Well, y'all are all here. I ain't even preaching to y'all. Y'all can at least say amen. <laughs> Goodness, y'all. We could preach about Romans 1.20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. could preach for about a month on them that are without they're without excuse. Yes, they are. Boy, brother, brother, uh, brother, brother Smith hit that, didn't he? Yes, sir. Friday night. Oh, wow. They have, I think I wrote it down. They have the, they have the, crea the witness of creation. They have the witness of the conscience. Yes, sir. They have the witness of the charity yes, and the grace of God. And then they have the witness of Christ. Yes, I remembered them. Yeah. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. That's what Titus 2 says. They're without excuse. But I narrowed it down to three. Y'all got time for this? I hadn't preached since, goodness gracious, week four last. I'm about to bust up here. 
I want to focus on several passages of Scripture this morning that describes them that are without. Number one, I want to preach about them that are without God because they are the ones without the Father. In Ephesians chapter 2, turn over to Ephesians chapter number 2. I got a lot of Bible this morning. Can y'all handle that? I got a whole lot of Bible this morning. Ephesians chapter number 2. Bible talks about in verse number 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, and that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. Look at what it says in the latter part of verse number 12. And without God in the world. Could you remember what it was like to be without God? He's writing in verse number 11. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. He said, do you remember what it was like to be without God? Without God. I can't imagine. I got to say when I was four, four years old, my only regret is that I didn't get saved sooner. But I believe I believe if I remember correctly, Brother Tim, I believe I got saved the first time I heard it. First time I understood it, I got saved. There was no part of me that wanted to reject, come on now, eternal life. There was no part of me that wanted to go to hell. Now some of y'all might not be scared of hell because it's been turned into a dirty word. It's been turned into a cuss word. It's been turned into rock songs where they get up and rock and sing Highway to Hell. But I'm going to tell you something. There wasn't no part of me wanting to go to hell. Amen. Hell's real. Amen. Jesus preached about hell more than he did heaven. Yes, it's real. And people that go there never get out. So getting saved at the age of four, Brother Bettner, I can't really remember what it was like to be without God. But I got an imagination and I look around and I can see them that are without God. And all my heart breaks because they don't have a father. Well, they don't have the father. They have a father. They have a father. They just don't have the father. Here's what Jesus said in John 8 verse 42. If God were your father, you would love me. You won't know why people don't love Jesus. Because God's not their father. Now that ain't my opinion. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you look, if you had the father, you'd love me. <laughs> Boy, that's a pretty good test right there on whether or not somebody's saved. Do you love Jesus? He says, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came out of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? even because you cannot hear my word. Verse 44, now this is Jesus. This is the loving, this is the loving Jesus. Oh, preacher, I wish you was more like Jesus. You're so harsh and so hard sometimes. You say some really, really rough things that rub me the wrong way. I wish you was more like Jesus. Well, here's what Jesus said. He was looking at them in their God-given eyeballs, and here's what he said. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh the lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. 
Jesus said, you're of your father the devil. You wonder why the world does the stuff they do? Their father's the devil. You want to know why they act like the devil? You want to know why they talk like the devil, think like the devil? Because they're children of the devil. That makes more sense, don't it? Now here's what it said in the Old Testament. Talking about Eli's two boys. So they were sons of Belial. You can't be a son of Belial and a son of God at the same time. Here's what the servants of Nabal said to Abigail. Abigail, you better do something. You better do something quick. Nabal went up there and ticked David off. I'm paraphrasing. This is a shift of translation. David, Nabal, you know how he is. Can't nobody talk to him. He preached about that last week. He didn't go up there and tick David off. You don't tick off a man. You don't tick off a man that when he was a boy ran toward a giant without a sword and said, I'm going to cut your head off. You don't, you don't tick him off. All right? And here's what he said. You know your husband, with all due respect, ma'am, that he is a son of Belial. That's why he acted like the devil, because he was a child of the devil. You want to know why our world's so messed up? Because they don't have God as their father. We're talking about them that are without God in the world. John chapter number 1 Verse number 10, Jesus said, he was, the Bible says he was in the world. The world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But, <laughs> but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. We're not talking about, we're not talking about works. We're not talking about turning over a new leaf. We're not talking about saying I'm going to do different. We're not saying going down the altar. We're not talking about filling out a church member card or getting baptized. We're talking about getting born again into the family of God and God's now our father. That's what we're talking about. But there's people out there, I'm talking about them that are without, they're without God in this world. They don't have God as their father. What a blessing. What a blessing. To be able to call God our father. The one in Genesis chapter number one that flung the worlds into existence. He spoke and there was light. And he was able to separate the light from the darkness. Come on now, y'all. And he was able to speak, and all the animals were created. He got down on his knees and rolled up his sleeves and had a little conference with the Godhead and said, let us make man in our image. And he took the dust of the ground and he formed man. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I'm about to bust up here. That's my father. That's my father. Here's how John said it. In 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. He's my father. Come on now. Them that are without, 
They're without God in this world. They don't have the Father. We're blessed to be the recipients of His protection. We've got five kids. Four of them still living at the house till Thursday. <laughs> Four of them still living at the house. My job as the daddy is to protect my family. That's right. Just heads up in case anybody's listening. Whatever you do, don't break in my house. <clears throat> don't catch me by surprise. I got a 12-gauge shotgun. It's about that long. With a pistol grip on it, holds eight. I'll shoot you in the face and tell the cops you've died of the chicken pox. Yes, sir. I'm the protector of my family. Don't mess with my kids. Do you hear what I said? I said, don't mess with my kids. Now, Thursday, when you say I do, right over here somewhere, right up in this general zip code, right up in here, when I, when I ask you and you say I do, then you become the protector. Because, see, when we're a child of God, He's our protector. And He's the one that provides. Well, I wish I had time. Some of y'all taking this real good this morning. Matthew chapter number 6. Behold the fowls of the air, verse 26, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Therefore take no thought, for, this is verse 31, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. I can't imagine Zane, 10 years old. I can't imagine Zane coming to church. Daddy, I'm hungry. There wasn't no food in the house. I got up this morning and fixed me a bowl of cereal. There wasn't no cereal in the cabinet. There wasn't no milk in the refrigerator. Daddy, I'm, I'm hungry. I wish, Daddy, I wish you'd buy some food. No, never, not once, not once, not once. <laughs> in spite of Stuart. And in spite of Nathan Patton coming over there, <laughs> we've always got food in the cabinet. Always. You want to know why? Because I'm the daddy. It's my job to feed my youngins. But see, them that are without God and the world, they don't have a father. And you see them standing over there on the street corner on Dundalk Avenue. Yeah. Needle holes all in their arms. Those women with their hair all matted. The teeth all rotted out from that meth. Nasty, dirty clothes. They're standing over there on the street corner. See, that's how the devil treats his youngins. My, my father don't treat his youngins that way. I said my father don't treat his youngins that way. Them that are without God in the world are without the Father. Y'all got time for two more? Number two, look in Ephesians chapter two. We're still there. Look at verse 12. That, that time ye were without Christ. Oh my. Them that are without Christ are them that are without forgiveness. See, because there's no forgiveness apart from Christ. 
So them that are without Christ don't have forgiveness. And I just can't imagine anybody in here this morning hearing this point going, oh, well, I've heard this before. Don't hang on just a second. That feeling, the joy and the blessing of being forgiven is something that them that are without have no idea what that feels like. They have no idea. None whatsoever. There's no salvation. There's no forgiveness of sin for them that are without Christ. Them that are without Christ are without salvation and without forgiveness because they're without Christ. John chapter 14, verse number six, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if you're without Christ, you're not saved. You say, well, that's not real deep. I know, but it's awesome, ain't it? Acts chapter 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. Neither is there salvation in any other. You say, preacher, but what about them countries? What about those countries over there where they worship Muhammad and Buddha? What about these countries where they worship all these different idols and false gods and are taught that from the time of a little bitty baby all the way till they die? They're without Christ. Right. And if you're without Christ, you're without forgiveness. Strong, ain't it? Ephesians chapter number one, verse number six, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, because we are in the beloved. In him we have forgiveness of sins. See, in the Old Testament, they'd take and kill bulls and goats and calves and turtle doves and whatever. They take that blood, they'd sprinkle it on that mercy seat inside that holy place. And all that did was just postpone the judgment and wrath of God. All they was doing was paying off the interest. They never touched the principal. They were just paying off the interest. But when Jesus died on the cross, <laughs> And he said, it is finished. That veil in the temple was rent in twain. And our sin debt was paid. And if you've got Christ, you've got forgiveness. Colossians chapter number 1, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What a blessing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, them that are without are without Christ and they have no forgiveness. So, Brother Leader, what they do every night when they go to bed, all the sin they committed that day just piles up on top of all the sins they committed yesterday. just keeps piling up. 
Some of y'all remember what it was like to try to go to bed at night. You don't know people taking drugs in the morning at night to go to sleep. They'll take drugs in the morning and get up. Huh? You won't know why psychiatrists and all these therapists, they can't, they can't, they can't, they don't have any room in their calendar to book any more people. People coming in with all these problems. And we've got names for it. We've got these little medical terms for it. They've got, they've got pharmaceuticals that they're trying to give people. Stay with me now. I'm not saying that the people don't, some people don't have a real problem. But I'm going to tell you what people's problem is. Sin. Sin's a problem. Yeah, they're in there trying to figure out what's wrong with them. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with them. They're eating up with guilt. And they're carrying that load. And their sin's piling up. David said, my sin is ever before me. Until he got forgiveness and then it wasn't. Wash me, he said, cleanse me, purge me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Thank God for forgiveness. Some of y'all are taking this real good this morning. I'm glad I can go to bed at night with a clean slate. And just for the record, I've committed a whole lot more sin since I got saved than I did before I got saved. Been saved 46 years almost. I was four when I got saved. I've been committing a whole lot more sin since I got saved. If you could lose your salvation, I'd have lost it a whole bunch of times. If you see Jimmy Swaggart, you tell him I said that. (laughs) If you could lose it, I said, I ain't talking about you, I'm talking about me. If you could lose it, I'd have lost mine. Some of y'all looking at me, that is not a halo above your head. That's where your horns have grown together. I said, if you could lose it, I'd have lost it. But I can't lose it because I've been forgiven. (laughs) Well, preacher, when when you got saved, he only forgave all the sins that you'd committed up to that point. What about your future sins? Well, for those of you that are not real good at reading the calendar, When he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, all my sins were future. (laughs) How you like them apples? But them that are without Christ have no forgiveness. Thirdly and lastly, in Romans chapter number 1, in verse number 31, he talks about them that are without understanding. Them that are without understanding are them that are without focus. All the things that you and I understand, things that to us are clear, I'm being crystal clear. To them that are without, makes no sense at all. None whatsoever. Brother Smith was up preaching this past week, and he'd start reading a verse or quoting a verse, and he'd jump over from the Old Testament to the New Testament and take a couple verses and string them together. Boy, I'm telling you what, it was like like watching Bob Ross paint a painting. Minus the afro. <laughs> this pretty little, pretty little tree over here. Let's put a nice little sweet little rock right over here. And boy, Brother Smith was preaching and he was painting a portrait and a picture using that Bible and taking doctrines, and Bible principles and Bible truths. And boy, it was just as crystal clear, crystal clear 
those of us that are saved. The, the in crowd, the in crowd understood exactly what he was saying. Those of you that are here this morning that are saved, you know exactly what I'm saying. It's, it makes perfect sense, but if you're not saved, them that are without, they don't understand it. They don't understand it. It's just a big, just a big abstract blur. They can't figure out why we get so excited about the things of God. It's like me going to a, like me going to a hockey game. It don't do nothing for me because I don't understand it. I can't even see the puck. They're back and forth and everybody's cheering. I'm like, I, it's in there somewhere, I guess. I don't even see it. And then all of a sudden they score, I guess, because everybody jumps up and all the guys are hugging. I didn't even see it. Whatever. And taking all their gloves off and their, and, their, and their shirts off and knocking each other's teeth out. Now, I like that part now, I like that. I ain't lying to you, that's my favorite part right there. I understand that. All right? You hit me, you knock my friend down, I'm gonna knock your teeth out. That I get. The rest of it, I don't get. That's all, I don't enjoy it. But if I understand it, I enjoy it. People don't understand God, don't understand the things of God. It's because they're without understanding. Them that are without are without understanding. That was what we was talking about in Mark 4 when he said, I'm speaking in parables because them that hear it, they won't understand it. They don't see it. They don't perceive it. I'm speaking in code. I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to them. I don't want them to understand it because they don't understand it. There's some of you sitting here right now have no idea what I'm talking about. You might need to get saved. One of the characteristics of unsaved people, those of them that are without, is they don't understand. In, in, in Romans chapter number one, Paul described that group, where he said without understanding in verse 31, in the preceding verses, he referred to that idea multiple times. He started all the way back in verse number 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and as it is written, the just shall live by faith. He said, I don't understand that. Well, there's some things you don't understand until you accept it by faith. Well, I got to understand it before I can accept it. That's not faith. That's called sight. Right. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Verse 18, for the wrath of God's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. He goes on down to verse number 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, because God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but become vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Why? Them that without have no understanding and nothing makes sense. I went up to New Jersey Wednesday to buy that motorcycle. The one that's parked right out here. In case you missed it, it's right out there in the corner. Brother Smith and I were coming across that bridge. We got off that New Jersey turnpike and coming down that, that, that freeway over that bridge. And there were signs on the bridge. If you need help, call 911. Basically, don't jump. There were signs all the way down that bridge. Try to get people not to jump off that bridge. Broke my heart. People are jumping off bridges today because they don't understand. You hear it all the time. Nothing makes sense. 
Nothing makes sense. Tell me about it. Nothing makes sense. Biden's got COVID again. Had every shot in the book and wears a mask. And he's got COVID again. Now, I'm sorry. I don't understand that. You might. I don't. He's got it again. That ain't got nothing to do with what I'm preaching. That just came in my head and just kind of slipped out my mouth right there. 47 shots and a mask and he's got it again. I don't understand that. But I'm talking about people that don't understand God and spiritual things and read the Bible. I don't, I don't understand that. It's because they're without. They're without. The, un, the unsaved have no idea what they're missing. No idea what they're missing. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to reveal truth. Proverbs 4.19 says, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Going through life without headlights in the dark. Running into stuff, bumping into stuff, tripping over stuff. They can't see. I got so many other verses I could look at, but I want to close with this. The good news is that salvation is absolutely free. Amen. I'm glad it was free because I grew up poor. <laughs> we were so poor we couldn't even pay attention. Poor little single wide trailer on the side of the road in Waterloo, Georgia. Waterloo. Waterloo. If you're texting when you drive through Waterloo, you miss it. The whole town. All of it. It says, welcome to Waterloo on both sides of the sign. <laughs> we was poor. We was poor. But I got saved when I was four because it's free. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I was just doing that word study on the word without, and I couldn't help it. Isaiah 55, 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. What a blessing. The bad news is those that reject Christ cannot be saved. Proverbs 30, 29, 1, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. We're talking about them that are without this morning. Hebrews 9, 22, Almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood. There's no remission for sin. Hebrews eleven six. 6, I quoted it, but without faith it's impossible to please God. This morning with heads bowed and eyes closed, there might be, there could be in a room this size, there could be somebody that falls into that category of them that are without. 